Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10. At 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw, accompanied by Zarina. And we can't quite see the cat, actually. You see, I know there's a cat alongside oh, you. Right. But okay, she's just... showing in my screen. So sorry to throw things there. Just for the benefit, anyone watching, a cat may walk across the screen at any <laughs> point in time during this live feed. Um, we're, we're here to talk to you other than cats about the latest interesting things in HR um, over the last week or so. So, Kimberly, I thought we'd do something a bit different. Um, rather than talking about what's happened, let's talk about what's about to happen. We've got a really... Ooh, yes, tomorrow's a big day. It, it is. Really interesting piece of case law we're expecting out of the Supreme Court tomorrow. Yes, I'm really interested to see what um, is going to come out of that. I, just to um, give the context, uh, it's Asda versus Brearley. And basically, the office staff, uh, the, sorry, the shop floor staff are paid less than those in distribution uh, in the warehouse. And they're claiming equal pay. And what interesting also in this is um, the fact that in the distribution area it's mainly men and on the shop floor it's mainly women. Yes, sex discrimination case at the centre of it. What's yeah. really interesting is although this case is um, one individual against Asda, this isn't about Asda is it? This is about every supermarket. Um, Sainsbury's are in a, a reasonable mess where they've accused people of using the wrong job titles when putting in employment tribunals. And sounds like there may be some uh, reasonably big damages about to happen on that. Mm. Yes, it's a difficult one because Asda are claiming that there are very different demands on the mm. role. And in, in one way, you can see that. But why should one be of more value than the other? Mm. Uh, actually, I would have when I first was reading it before I got down to the nitty gritty in it, I actually thought it was the distribution people that were claiming they were paid less than the shop floor. So yes. it's really interesting how it's uh, panning out. But yeah, the implications for other supermarkets, if it goes against Asda tomorrow, mm. is yes. phenomenal. And to be fair, not just supermarkets. I mean, what yeah. we're looking at is the prospect of a court judging the relative value of one job versus another rather than judging a simple discrimination case and you've got so many areas where salary is based on the free market economy on how how available the skills and talent are for that role and if we start developing a, um, a concept where one role can claim its contribution to the business is the same as another and therefore should get the same wage it's an interesting shift in the way we've done things isn't it it is yes and as you say it could affect every uh retail supplier that, that there are that there is out there uh, i don't envy the supreme court at all trying to judge the relevant merits of two yes. completely different jobs uh so that's that's going to be a sticking point and i'm looking forward with interest great interest yes. to what the outcome is tomorrow yes one for us to talk more about next week. We'll do that uh, rather odd thing of talking about things before they happen. So watch the Supreme Court ruling tomorrow. Could be an interesting one. 
The other thing I really wanted to talk about, we, you and I have been talking about this for weeks in uh, different forums we, we, we get involved in, um, is the impact on the young of the COVID crisis. Um, there's some new data out there, isn't there? Yes. I mean, what was it? 60% mm. of people that have lost their job are under 25. Yeah. Which is horrific. I think the number of additional people out of work since the same time last year is something like 700,000 now. Um, mm. And you may remember it was 800,000 or so. And we've had people going back into work in January and February. But out of the 693,000, I think it is, 60% of them are under 25. And I suppose, you know, they're less likely to be experienced, they're mm. less likely to be in the kinds of jobs where you could put, could potentially work from home. Um, but, yeah, it, that to me feels like a whole age discrimination issue. Well, I, th I think you've got a whole range of problems. And what strikes me as the big one, um, I mean, I remember kind of growing up in the 80s and looking at the unemployment problems we had then. And the difficulty is, once you have somebody out of work for a period, I mean, we know from you know our own work in HR, if you have somebody on long-term sick leave, it's hard to reintegrate them back into the workplace. Now, if you put people on long-term unemployment, it's hard to get them back into employment. And if what we've done is we've taken out a generational age group, that is a major problem potentially, not just for those people, Clearly, it's devastating for those people, but also for the wider economy, because we'll have a group of people who almost are difficult to bring into work in future generations unless we as a society address it now and start fixing it. Yes, I think there's also huge mental health implications where... You know, those people will lose their confidence, they lose their self-esteem, uh, they may not have people that they can rely on uh, so that they financial stress as well. Mm. It's a horrible, horrible it mess. Is. It is. The other one thing I really want to talk about is hybrid working and flexible working because, mm -hmm. again, many people have been talking over the past nine months, 12 months, and saying how flexible working, home working, it's the genie's out of the bottle and people will want to keep doing it. Now, the really interesting one here is last year, something like 70% of business leaders, I think it was a survey, a survey of 500 global CEOs, 69% of them said that they would be cutting their office space um, and hybrid working would be a key part of that. And they're not saying it anymore, are they? No, it has dropped significantly. But, 17%. You know, yeah, the, the figures that... Uh, the 69%, I think, is is more appropriate. You remember the research project that I did mm. last year. Certainly the message there was that they were going to go to hybrid, and many of them had already got rid of yes. lots of offices. For me, I think what's changed is, as we've got hope somewhere around the corner, we don't know quite mm. when, but yeah. with the vaccine and, and that kind of thing, I'm wondering if leaders are trying to... Uh, get back to how things were before yes to stability exactly it's yes. stability there is some control aspects in there but i you know i think rather than 
think, right, we're going to have to change things again after all the changes that have been made this year. I think they just want to go back to, you know, something they, they know and they're comfortable mm. with yep. rather than thinking we have to have yet another new normal. Yes. Well, apparently now the number is 30% are considering some form of hybrid working and 21% are now considering employing people who work solely from home. So it is a major shift from what they were saying last year. And arguably, some of that last year could have been said, um, dare I say, in panic, a kind of knee-jerk reaction of everything's changed, what do we do now? Mm. But actually, I think there's another point. And again, we've talked quite a lot about well-being and uh, mental health in the workplace. But there's, uh, is it Citibank that have just started uh, No Zoom Fridays? Yes. Um, and literally, there is this idea that too much video calling is burning people out and causing them to be and also that combined with working from home you can't Mm. get away from your phone you can't get away from your computer um and actually switching off is hard work and it might be partially coupled in with that i think i think it could be but i think a lot of organizations can take a lead from nationwide uh their ceo said that they were closing, I think it's three offices, Mm. and the ones that they're retaining, they're putting more well-being aspects in there, like cycling and walking routes and quiet areas and things that really speak to the well-being. And I think the I did read that and wonder if the cycling route was round the office. I was just looking, thinking, (laughs) how do you have a cycling route in the office? They could have it as like a a mezzanine level, uh, like they do on cruise ships. A velodrome in the the office. Hmm. Exactly. Um, Sorry, distracting you. I think we're going to end up with with more hybrid roles. Because, uh, I mean, the other thing is we talked about well-being, but we were talking yesterday, weren't we, about the discrimination, uh, sorry, the the abilities to reach into other socioeconomic groups that you can't, and it reduces the chance of discrimination. Um, So I I think this is a big topic that we need to keep an eye on. Yes, no, I agree. And do you know what? We've kind of come to a smooth end there at about the right time. This is HR in 10, and we've talked for 10 minutes. I don't think we've done that before, of finishing on time. Kimberly, it's been a delight. We hope you've enjoyed watching. Um, Do click the subscribe and follow us on YouTube. Um, And I didn't mention at the beginning, but you can ask any questions on this session while we're live. And Kimberly will look horribly nervous as they pop up on her screen and we'll do our very best to answer them. But for now, thanks for watching and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye bye.